Alrighty, guys, welcome to another episode of the Go For Two podcast. I'm your humble, humble host, Cargo. Um, thank you guys for just kind of uh, bearing with me through the uh, technical difficulties I've been having. Uh, I'm still trying to work on the software that I have on my laptop. It's just not working. So I'm having to record a lot of these on my phone, which doesn't make the quality, the sound quality that great, but just bear with me. It's 2020. We're going through a pandemic. Uh, you know, low quality audio, high quality content. And um, I know a lot of players are opting out right now, the 2020 season. So I'm going to do my absolute best to keep y'all updated with those. And uh, less than 40 days away before the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans kick off on Thursday night. And that's a perfect transition into the uh, last division that I'm doing here is uh, like I've been doing is just if you haven't been able to watch some of the other episodes that I have out, um, I've just been going down through each division, breaking down each team, kind of going uh, what happened last year, going over the numbers to get a better idea of what happened and seeing what the teams did in the offseason, whether it's free agency, trades, the draft. And just taking a look into the crystal ball and seeing how that 2020 season is going to look. Uh, of course, there's not a way you can really predict it. There's no algorithm that's going to tell you what's going to happen. Um, I'm just going based off my gut. And I know the last episode wasn't great with the AFC South. I did my best as far as editing. Um, it is ridiculously hard to edit videos. So if you really like editing videos, if you know... Editing videos is what you want to do and you want to help out, uh, donate some of your free time with me. I would greatly appreciate that. But like I said, we're going to go ahead and just get right into it with the AFC West. And um, what a perfect division to end it with as far as the AFC is concerned. Of course, I'm going to be doing the Kansas City Chiefs first. Uh, Just a quick overview of this division. I think it's so fast. It's exciting and it's young. I think do think, though, it's going to be about two to three years away from being one of the best divisions to watch. But even this year, it's going to be really exciting to watch these teams play together. So um, looking at the Kansas City Chiefs, they went last year 12-4, and were first in the AFC West. They defeated the San Francisco 49ers 31-20 in that amazing Super Bowl game where they came back in the fourth quarter. I think we all have that image of the San Francisco defense kind of just posing in the end zone. And, uh, you know, I think it was like 10 minutes later, they ended up losing by 11. Uh, just a great uh, playoff run for them. Also, just a lot of the games they played, they were just behind. I know with the Houston Texans, they were behind. The Tennessee Titans, they were behind. And um, I think that's just a uh, kudos to Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, who possibly the best head coach and quarterback duo in the league and shout out to the front office for just believing in Andy Reid um, and just remember that the Kansas City Chiefs were uh, picking 27th that draft and they traded all the way up to the I believe it was the 11th spot or 10th spot uh, to select uh, a quarterback out of Texas Tech and just a gunslinger quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. Hey, Sorry, guys, that was Tyson. Just wanted to let y'all know he was here today. Um, 
but yeah, so kudos to the front office and, you know, what they've done to build this team the way they want to. And um, can't say enough good things about the front office, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. So Andy Reid comes into his eighth season, uh, without a doubt, coach of the year, uh, really for the last couple of years and what he's been able to do with this team. Eric Bellamy is coming into his sixth season. This is his third as the offensive coordinator. Um, he's definitely a guy that was looked at as far as uh, being a head coach somewhere else, but he decided to turn down some offers to come back and repeat as a Super Bowl champion just to build to his uh, resume, I'm, I'm sure. This defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnuolo, he has a lot of years of experience coaching on the defensive side of the ball and also as a head coach. Uh, this is his going to be his second season with the Kansas City Chiefs. David Tubb, his seventh season, he's also the assistant head coach to Andy Reid and that special teams. Um, can't forget about how special the special teams have been over the last couple of years. On offense, uh, one of the elite offenses in the NFL, without a doubt. Uh, they average 28 points a game, which is fifth best. Uh, just under 280 yards of total offense, sixth best in the NFL. Um, average about 280 yards passing per game, fifth best. Uh, rushing was 98.1, which is only 23rd best. Uh, Patrick Mahomes completed 65.9% of his passes, threw for over 4,000 yards, which was 10th best in the NFL. 26 touchdowns, only five interceptions. What an amazing ratio. Uh, uh, only sacked 17 times. So just being able to do it on the ground, through the air, decision-making. Uh, Patrick Mahomes literally has it all working for him. Looking at, and that said, he also, I, I believe he missed a couple games with a uh, knee or ankle issue, which he took into the playoffs with him, which is uh, toughness, grit, absolutely love it. Damian Williams led the team in rushing last year with 498 yards of rushing, um, also did a lot of work in the passing game, uh, rushed for five touchdowns in 11 games. He had some injuries um, on and off some of those games as well. LaShawn McCoy rushed for over 400 yards, had four touchdowns himself. Travis Kelsey was the leading receiver on this team, had over 136 targets, 97 receptions, 1,200 yards receiving, five touchdowns for Travis Kelsey. Tyreek Hill, 89 targets, 58 catches, 860 yards, seven touchdowns in 12 games. He, I believe, had a suspension uh, in the beginning of the season. Sammy Watkins, 90 targets, 52 receptions, 673 yards for him, three receiving touchdowns in 14 games. We also had Nicole Hartman, who had over 500 yards receiving, had a couple special teams touchdowns to go with his six receiving touchdowns. Demarcus Robinson also played a huge role in this offense with 32 catches, 449 yards of receiving, and four touchdowns. Offensive line only gave up 25 sacks last year. Uh, as far as what they did on defense, a really solid defense Overall, only allowing 19.3 points a game, which was seventh best in the NFL. Gave up 349 yards of total offense, 17th best. 221 yards passing, which was eighth best in the NFL allowed. Uh, rushing gave up 128.6 yards, which was 26th best in the NFL. So they look to improve that. Uh, sacks, they had 45 sacks, which was 11th best. Chris Jones with nine. Frank Clark with eight, and I believe Frank Clark missed some time with some injuries. Uh, so 
We look to see an improvement in that number. 16 interceptions for this team as a defense, which was tied for fifth best in the NFL. Tyron Matthew with four. Uh, Juan Thornhill with three. Tyron Matthews has been on the Twitter game talking to Bill Polian about we shouldn't draft this guy. He's got too many off-the-field issues. Love the Honey Badger. Uh, don't know if you should be going and attacking people like that. Be humble, champ. Uh, some key additions for this Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Kalichio Semele as a guard. Um, we'll kind of get to him here in a second. Ricky Seals-Jones, a tight end out of Texas A&M, coming over from Arizona Cardinals, a really athletic tight end. And DeAndre Washington, running back, formerly of the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, played at Texas Tech with Patrick Mahomes, so reunited with him there. Some key losses, uh, mostly all on the defense. Uh, the biggest one, I think, is Kendall Fuller, their cornerback. Uh, they also lost Reggie Ragland, a linebacker. Emmanuel Akba, a defensive end. LaShawn McCoy, a running back. And then Blake Bell, a tight end as well. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs only had uh, six picks total. And I think what they did with their draft was absolutely amazing. You know, for a team that's just so good, you know, you could just kind of pick, you know, maybe best available or, you know, they decided to go with uh, in the first round, pick number 32, the last in the first round, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, a running back out of LSU. They could have gotten any running back they wanted at that spot, but they decided to go with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So interesting pick for them just because they already have a very talented group of running backs. And I'll kind of get into that, excuse me, oh, whoa, here in a second. Um, just This is a guy that's just going to be, this is already an explosive offense to add another weapon to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, it's just unfair. A lot of people, you know, I mean, I think even Andy Reid uh, believes that he could be the next Brian Westbrook of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Andy Reid coached Brian Westbrook at their time in Philadelphia, also coached uh, LaShawn McCoy when they were in Philadelphia. And, both those running backs put up monster numbers. So I expect Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to kind of follow in that as well. Andy Reid, if he has to go get a player that he really needs or wants, I think that's something to pay attention to without a doubt. In the second round, they actually selected also uh, Willie Gay Jr., a linebacker out of Mississippi State. This is a big physical linebacker. I absolutely love this pick. Just He's such a great player, but it has had some issues, um, has had some issues off the field. I know with some of the coaching staff, some teams didn't even have him on the board. Uh, but Andy Reid went and checked it out, and he said everything was all good. This is a guy who ran the fastest 40 and a linebacker at a 4-4-6. Of course, Isaiah Simmons did not run. Uh, so Willie Gay has the title, the fastest linebacker in that draft. Uh, just to add to an all really already solid defense altogether. And then they've added some depth on the offensive and defensive line. In the third round, they selected Lucas Nigao, tackle out of TCU. TCU actually had a really good draft class this past year. Um, I think a lot of TCU players were drafted. In the fourth round, Legereus Sneed, a defensive back from Louisiana Tech. Uh, Interesting story about him here in a second. And in the fifth round, They selected Mike Donna, a defensive end out of Michigan. In the seventh round, Targarius Keyes, a corner out back out of Tulane, to add to that secondary who lost Kendall Fuller. 
And as far as Legereus need, just really quick, um, he ran the second fastest 40 time for a defensive back at 4.37. And uh, Keys also one of the faster corners. Um, this division is predicated about speed. And, you know, you look at what some of the other teams in the division have done as far as like the Raiders adding Henry Ruggs, the third, the Broncos with KJ Hamler, Jerry Judy, and then obviously the Kansas City Chiefs and Tyre. Uh, I'm sorry, um, the Los Angeles Chargers with with all the weapons that they have on offense to keep up with that speed. Uh, so looking at this offense, uh, I think you have to start off with Patrick Mahomes, uh, the quarterback, uh, according to Mark Ingram, getting paid half a billion. Um, he's deserving of every single bit of penny over 10 years, a quarterback, a, a, a contract friendly for the team. Uh, so they can keep other really good players around them. Maybe Zeke, you should take some advice for that, uh, just to be competitive. Um, obviously, you know he's got a ten-year contract. Yes, uh, still gonna get paid regardless. I don't know if there's a difference between you know thirty-three million and thirty-five million or whatever it is he's making each year. Uh, so Zeke, I'm talking to you, big dog. You know, make sure you get your players paid. Uh, Patrick Mahomes can't say enough good things about him. He's something special. I think this could be the greatest quarterback to ever play in the NFL um, ever, you know, even better than Tom Brady. But obviously it's a wait and see. Tom Brady's not done quite yet. Uh, In the running back group, um, obviously the big news with Damian Williams deciding to opt out of the 2020 season. Completely respect that decision. Uh, This is still a loaded, talented group at running back with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the first-round draft pick, um, who's probably shooting up fantasy football boards right now as we speak. DeAndre Washington, Daryl Williams, and Darwin Thompson. So I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you know, it's going to be interesting to see this running back rotation. I think it's going to be kind of, you know, just uh, – I think it's important to have a lot of depth at running back. Just some of these guys will get nicked up for a game or two, so you need a guy who you can depend on um, after them, especially with the COVID-19 uh, virus going around. So – this is going to be an interesting group to watch. I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to just take over, um, and he's going to make that running game just a little bit more consistent. I think that's what they want to do. Um, they don't want to run the ball more because Patrick Mahomes is so special. I think they just want to be more consistent. And they want to be able to finish out some of these games that they win, you know. Uh, looking at this wide receiver group is so good, is so talented, is so deep. Obviously, with Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Mikkel Hardman, they bring those three guys back. Demarcus Robinson decided to re-sign as well. They have Brian Pringle, a guy that came on uh, from them, uh, a guy from Kent State. Shout out, go Cats. Uh, So, once again, just an extremely electrifying receiving core, one of the best in the NFL, without a doubt. And then Travis Kelsey, who I think personally is the best tight end in all of football. I've had him in fantasy almost every year. If I have a chance to get the best tight end, I'm usually the guy who picks the first tight end, you know, either in the second or third round. I'm definitely always trying to get Travis Kelsey for sure. Uh, This offensive line, also, uh, Laurent Devernay was the first player to actually announce that he will not be playing in the 2020 season. He's actually going to be donating his time to fighting the COVID-19 disease. And I think he's the guy who's going to end up, you know, coming up with the cure for it. Uh, So huge loss for them as well. But Kalecio Semele kind of just steps into that spot, and I think they're just going to keep treading. This is a, a group that's kind of been together now for a couple of years with Eric Fisher, a left tackle, Mitchell Schwartz, a great right tackle on his own, and then Andrew Wiley and Austin Ritter, um, along with that depth they've added in the draft. 
So uh, looking at this defense, um, you know, first things first, Chris Jones, you know, because of Patrick Mahomes deal, they're able to keep their good players. Chris Jones, probably the second best defensive tackle um, after Aaron Donald. So to lock him up for the future is just key, especially, you know, guys who can um, not only stop the run, but get after the quarterback. They have really good depth at the defensive tackle position. Frank Clark comes back, hopefully healthy. Um, I look for him to make a bigger impact. This is a guy that they gave up, I think, a first-round pick to get him. So I'd like to see somebody step up opposite of him, whether it's Alex Okafor or Tufan Kalfasana or Brilliant Speaks, something like that. So I'd like to see someone opposite of him step up. But having Frank Clark and Greg, uh, Chris Jones in the middle, you know, you, you've already got a really solid group right there with those two guys. Looking at this linebacking core, so Willie Gay Jr. steps into that linebacker, uh, Will linebacker role, moving Anthony Hitchens to middle linebacker. Uh, Willie Gay Jr., I think, will eventually somehow end up playing middle linebacker maybe after this season is done. Um, he's going to be a guy who's going to be in that Devin White conversation, Devin Bush, uh, Patrick Queen, Kenneth Murray, um, I mean, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on some of these other really good linebackers, really good young linebackers that can just stay on the field all three downs and just cover, 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 especially with the tight ends in this division. I'm looking at Darren Waller, uh, Noah Fant, Albert O, and uh, Hunter Henry. So it's going to be interesting matchups, you know, the matchups within the matchups as it is. Uh, Damian Wilson and Dorian O. Oh, Daniel will compete for that Sam linebacker role. Um, I think the biggest question I have for them is at the cornerback position, obviously losing Kendall Fuller, who's been just so consistent for them over the last couple of years. They look to fill that Roy, uh, that void with a couple of uh, uh, guys here with Brashad Breeland, who has his moments, uh, Chadarvius Ward as well with Rashad Fenton. So it's going to be interesting to see how they um, use those guys and maybe if somebody, you know, steps up here in the future. And then the safety group with Tyron Matthews and Juan Thornhill is coming back healthy. They still have Daniel Swordson. So uh, they can be very versatile. And then obviously adding Lajarius Webb. Um, I think he's going to be a guy that you can kind of put on uh, different type of players, different type of tight ends and guys in the slot. So Steve Spagnuolo, if, if you can play football, he will use you. And I think that's what makes him and this defense so special is he's going to utilize whatever talent he has with him. And then uh, of course, shout out to Harrison Buckner, the kicker for the Kansas city chiefs, one of the best in the NFL. And then Nicole Hardman and their returner. And uh, you know, obviously without a doubt, I think this, the Kansas city chiefs team is the team to beat not only in the AFC West, but in the NFL, if they could just keep that quarterback healthy, I think, uh, you know, they're going to be able to compete for championships for, um, at least the next five, ten years, uh, without a doubt. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much all I have on the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't want to go too much because, like I've said before, you can't say enough good things about this team and the, the way they've built this team and how it's continuing to get better and they're keeping their good players. So they're definitely doing something right in Kansas City. I wish I was a Kansas City Chiefs fan, but unfortunately I'm not. So, um yeah, guys, I'm going to go ahead and kind of just uh, pause it here real quick, and then I'm going to go ahead and just jump into the uh, next team in this division. All righty, guys, so the next team we're going to kind of take a look at is the uh, newly found the Los Angeles Chargers. So uh, really quick, before I dive into this team, they actually will be playing in their brand-new SoFi Stadium week two against the 
defending Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs. So um, a lot of excitement here for the Chargers, who you know obviously have just recently moved from San Diego to Los Angeles. I think a lot of people are still kind of getting that mixed up. It's kind of crazy to have two football teams in L.A. now. So um, as far as the team breakdown from last year, um, they went 5-11. and They finished fourth in the AFC West. This is a extremely talented football team. Uh, talent literally stacked all over the, the the field here. I just know that this is a team that's gone through a lot of heartbreak in San Diego. A lot of good players not able to kind of get over that hump. And it's just, uh, you know, I remember, you know, just kind of growing up watching, you know, LaDainian Thompson, Phillip Rivers, Antonio Gates, Vincent Jackson, and that how special those teams were. But you know, they had to go against guys like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. And um, those were always so, so many good uh, games to watch when I was really coming into the world of football. Uh, but um, that's now in the past, these Los Angeles Chargers with their head coach, Anthony Lynn, coming into his fourth season. Um, you know, I kind of like kind of watched some of the NFL network and, you know, Anthony Lynn, when he comes on, he's always talking about a lot of the, the work he does in the community, a lot of charity work. I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he has a lot of stuff that he does uh, in, in Africa, uh, a lot of, you know, just trying to give back and help out those communities. So uh, I think it just speaks volumes for him in the San Diego, uh, San Diego, Los Angeles Chargers, uh, even their front office. I think this is a front office that continues to draft good players and develop very well, just like the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid. They draft really well, like even in the later rounds, and they develop these guys. So kudos to them. Shane Stitchin is is coming into a sports season. Uh, The quarterback coach, formerly. Defensive coordinator Gus Bradley in his third season has a lot of experience. He obviously coached with the uh, Seattle Seahawks when they went on their Super Bowl run. He was the leader of the Legion of Doom, or Legion of Boom, Legion of Boom, yeah. And he was also the head coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars at one point. You know, looking at what they did on offense last year, they averaged 21.1 points a game, which was 21st best in the NFL. Um, Total offense, 367.4, which was 10th best in the NFL. Passing yards, 276, 6th best in the NFL only averaged about 90 yards a game, which was only 28th best. Um, obviously, their quarterback, Phillip Rivers, last year, just kind of give you an insight. I know we just kind of did the AFC South, but, you know, even Phillip Rivers he completed over 66% of his passes, threw for 4,600 yards, uh, but the touchdown-to-interception ratio, 23 touchdowns, 23 touchdowns, 20 interceptions, so – I mean, Jameis threw 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. So that's why I made that Jameis Winston. A lot of people were like, why, why would you compare him to Jameis Winston? Obviously, I'd love – I would have Phillip Rivers over Jameis Winston. But, you know, Phillip, for some reason, he makes bad decisions. Um, you know, he has all the arm talent in the world, but just sometimes makes really poor decisions. Um, Melvin Gordon last year led this team in rushing with 600 yards on the ground, averaged 3.8. Um, Eight touchdowns. He had two lost fumbles that were really crucial. Uh, I believe they came on the goal line carries. I think they were like back-to-back, and they ended up losing that game, and all they had to do was just score the touchdown, and they would have won that game. You know, so just kind of 
going back to that heartbreak in, in San Diego, Austin Eckler really had a, a breakout year last year, um, obviously with Melvin Gordon only playing uh, 12 games. And even year before that, Austin Eckler um, broke out. So he had a 500 yards, 557 yards rushing, three touchdowns, 108 targets, 92 receptions, eight touchdowns receiving. So a threat out of the backfield. Uh, even Justin Jackson as well. Keenan Allen, 149 targets, 104 receptions, third most in the NFL, 1,100 yards, just a, a smidge under 1,200, but 1,100 yards receiving. Sixth most in the NFL, Keenan Allen, 1,000-yard receiver, easy. Six touchdowns, Mike Williams, 90 targets, 49 receptions. He barely got over 1,000 yards receiving. He's 1,001 yards receiving, averaged 20 yards a catch from Mike Williams, two touchdowns. And then Hunter Henry, uh, 55 receptions, 652 yards, and five touchdowns. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, they allowed 21.6 points a game, which was 14th best in the NFL. Um, allowed 313 yards, which is sixth best in the NFL. 200 yards passing, fifth best in the NFL. Allowed 112 yards rushing on the ground, 18th best. So not a bad defense uh, with a lot of talent. They should be playing a lot at a higher level without a doubt. Um, they only had 30 sacks last year, which was 28th best in the NFL. Joey Bosa. 11 and a half sacks tied for ninth most in the NFL. Melvin Ingram, seven sacks for him. 11 interceptions tied for 22nd uh, best in the NFL. And uh, Rashad Jenkins, three interceptions. Interesting. So just a couple of things to kind of note. Only four, six fumbles and only three fumble recoveries, both last in the league. Need to be a little bit more optimistic. Uh, Thomas Davis Jr., um, had 112 tackles this past year. He's one of their uh, key losses. He moves on to the Washington football team to join his old coach, Ron Rivera. Derwin James only played in five games last year due to a uh, uh, MCL sprain, I believe it was. Some key additions, um, uh, I would say Trey Turner, a guard they traded for. Um, they actually traded an offensive lineman for another offensive lineman. Uh, they signed Brian Bulaga, offensive tackle, Nick Virgil, linebacker, Linval Joseph at defensive tackle. Um, huge turnover for these Los Angeles Chargers. They've obviously lost Phillip Rivers, Melvin Gordon, Antonio Gates has officially retired. Russell Okun was traded for Trey Turner. They've also lost Travis Benjamin, Dontrell Inman, Brandon Mebane. Adrian Phillips, a safety, and then Thomas Davis, like I said, a linebacker. Kind of what the Los Angeles Chargers did in the draft. I really like what they did in the draft. So they selected uh, sixth overall, and they selected their quarterback of the future, Justin Herbert, out of Oregon. Uh, I think he definitely needs to redshirt his first year. I know they're going to want to put him in, um, you know, considering that Tyrod's starting. He just needs to sit back, do the Patrick Mahomes thing, and just sit there and learn and just – be ready. Just be ready. Um, and then what they really do, they showed a little bit of aggressiveness. They actually traded back into the first round to get a stud linebacker in Kenneth Murray to be a leader of that defense. They've been looking for that young, athletic, fast linebacker. And he makes a defense 
like kind of like what Patrick Queen did for the Baltimore Ravens. I know we talked about those two guys, uh, one and two, and even with Willie Gay, he makes a great defense that much better. Um, in the fourth round, they selected Joshua Kelly, a running back out of UCLA. Uh, in the fifth and seventh round, they've got a couple wide receivers, Joe Reed out of Virginia, and then K.J. Hill, a speedster wide receiver out of Ohio State. And then in the sixth round, they also got Aloha Gilman, a safety out of Notre Dame. Six picks total. Like I said, they do a really great job of drafting and then developing players. Uh, looking at this offense, um, you know, Anthony Lynn is now a household name. You know, they have Tyrod right now as their starting quarterback. I know there was a lot of question of Cam, but, you know, I just not. I, I obviously would rather have Cam, but, you know, Tyrod's not a bad option. Um, once again, you know, I think Tyrod's just a backup quarterback at best. Tyrod goes into that category with Jacoby Brissett, um, you know, Kyle Allen, uh, those type of guys. So, uh, but to, hey, Tyrod, Tyrod takes takes the helm. He's been a guy who's, um, you know, worshipped for not turning the ball over. Uh, so we'll see what this offense looks like. It's going to be really interesting. Um, I think they're kind of in a little bit, like I said, of that rebuilding mode just because of with Justin Herbert, the backup. Um, you know, and I think Justin Herbert is really just kind of like uh, maybe a Josh Allen, you know, big, strong, physical, fast runner. Uh, so they look to develop him maybe in a similar fashion, but that's kind of the best comparison I got for Justin Herbert, who needs to develop on a lot of different areas of his game. Um, of course, if they can build the offense to display his skill sets, um, you know, like I said, two to three years, this could be a, a really interesting team to watch as they build with the Chiefs, the Broncos, and the, the Raiders. Um, at running back, no more Melvin Gordon. They have officially left that train. Austin Eckler just got paid the big bucks. Well-deserved for a guy who's just very versatile, hardworking. Uh, Justin Jackson, too, is a guy who's also stepped up in big moments. So I expect both these guys to get a lot of work. You know, as far as like the check down and, and running the ball, uh, this wide receiving group is really good, um, led by Keenan Allen, who uh, came out on uh, Twitter, not tagging Chris, the right Chris Godwin, talking about he should be up there in the elite level. He definitely is an elite wide receiver. Mike Williams, I think both of these guys will see a drop in production just because, you know, they don't have Phillip Rivers, the gunslinger anymore. Hopefully Tyrod can keep them on the field just a little bit longer. And they've added some depth at the wide receiver position. I definitely think they still need that speed aspect. So I look at KJ Hill possibly maybe being a, a dark horse in that role. Uh, Hunter Henry signs his franchise tag. Uh, this is a guy who has all the ability in the world, but just can't seem to stay healthy. And I, I hope he stays healthy right now. He's the highest paid tight end in the NFL, which is kind of crazy. Uh, you know, but, hey, this is a big year for him. This is kind of like his Austin Hooper moment. If he could stay healthy and uh, have a big year with Tyrod, which, you know, I have a hard time seeing. But, you know, Tyrod's going to need some some guys he can trust. And these are all big, big guys that can catch those 50-50 balls. So this is still going to be a really interesting offense to watch. Still a lot of talent and those skilled positions. Um, you know, this, is, this offensive line has – just gone through so many injuries, you know, a new defensive tackle is Sam Levine, who I think actually played 
started some snaps. Even Trey Pipkins and Trent Scott all got to play on left tackle last year. So just been tough since they've ha- uh, since they've lost Marcus McNeil, a really good tackle. Uh, looking at the guard position, you know Dan Freely and Forrest Lamp. I thought these guys were going to be plug plug and play, but you know they've struggled at times. Uh, Forrest Lamp also dealing with an injury. We hope to see him back in that offensive line rotation. Mike Pouncey's been the stable of that offense, um, but he's also getting up there in age, along with Trey Turner and Brian Bulaga. Uh, that right side's all brand new, so. It's really interesting to see how this offensive line will hold up. It's very thin right now, as I can see it. So we'll see. Um, Looking over at this defense, uh, without a doubt, just studs everywhere, man. I just – and I was reading an article for the Los Angeles Chargers about – there's a couple guys that I've actually marked as guys to watch this year. So on that defensive line – they have that Gus Bradley has that base four three defense, which um, Joey Bosa just got paid big time, you know. And I think you know him and Melvin Ingram are in the category for the two best, uh, you know, rushers along with his brother Nick Bosa and Frank. Uh, no, I'm sorry, uh, D Ford, and even in Denver with uh, Von Miller and uh, Bradley Chubb. Um, I think those two guys are have been so great together for so long. They have added Linval Joseph to that defensive line uh, just to kind of uh, stop the run. I know that's what some of these teams in the division are going to want to do. Looking at this linebacking core, they've completely reshuffled that linebacking core. Uh, So Denzel Perryman, who is the former middle linebacker, um, he's a great player in his own right, without a doubt, but um, he's not the athlete Kenneth Murray is from Oklahoma. This is a speed demon, without a doubt. So. Denzel Perryman moves to the weak side linebacker. Even Ochetsna Asua is a really good backup. He's played a lot of snaps for them in the last couple of years. And then their Sam linebacker, Drew Tranquil. He's a guy that a lot of people are watching to make a big leap this year in a very talented defense. Um, he's going to be kind of like that hybrid safety linebacker. Um, this guy can definitely cover with the best of them. You know, looking at the secondary uh, you know, obviously getting back Derwin James is huge. He's going to be that Cam Chancellor for this Gus Bradley defense. Um, having him on the field is just crucial. Nasir Adderley is another guy who I'm looking at, just like Drew Tranquil, to take that next step and be uh, that he's a ball hawking free safety. He's a guy that I wanted the Dallas Cowboys to get a year ago, but they didn't. But this is a, a long, rangy safety who can cover um, the sideline to sideline as well. Looking at this cornerback group is so good and is so deep. Um, Casey Hayward and Desmond King Jr., both uh, perennial Pro Bowl players. Ah, uh, Desmond King really does a lot of his work in the slot. And then they added Chris Harris Jr., who's been a uh, really good corner. He's reunited with his defensive backs coach from uh, the Denver Broncos. So like I said, interesting how Chris Harris goes from the Denver Broncos to Los Angeles Chargers and Melvin Gordon goes from the Los Angeles Chargers to Denver Broncos. So I just think that's like just so interesting to me how they a lot of these guys are doing that right now in this division. So and then Michael Davis, another really good corner. Um, and like I said, they've added some depth at the safety position. So a really versatile back group 
to go with some really good young linebackers. And then, of course, these two stud edge rushers. So um, this is going to be a defensive-led team, without a doubt. It's going to be up to the offense to, you know, just take care of the ball and just find a way to score points and win the games. Uh, Not necessarily win the games, but not lose the games at the same time. Um, Overall, I I still think they're, you know, Tyrod isn't going to take them into the playoffs. This is a good enough defense to just go out and win you games without a doubt. So they just need to take that San Francisco um, recipe, play good defense, run the ball, and uh, just get the ball into the playmaker's hands. You know, there's, like I said, so much talent. And this could be, a, if they can keep a lot of these guys for the next two to three years, uh, this could be a really dangerous squad. It just, it's all on Justin Herbert, you know, at this point. Um, he's got running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. That offensive line still needs a little bit of work, but that goes along with a great defense. So um, still a very competitive group. They're going to play hard. They're going to play hard for Anthony Lynn, without a doubt. So, um, like I said, I think this division, it's fast, it's young and exciting, and everybody's getting better in this division. So the Chargers have just got to keep up. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just give it a quick little pause here as I set up for the uh, the next team. Okay, guys? See, all righty, guys. So the next team we're kind of going for, so we already did the Kansas City Chiefs, the Los Angeles Chargers, and now we're doing the newly – uh, relocated Las Vegas Raiders. So um, after their first season in Vegas, uh, the Raiders are actually getting also a new stadium. I don't know if it's going to be ready this year or next year, but it's supposed to be uh, the Allegrin Stadium. They're calling it the Dark Hole. Um, kind of cool. Very, very cool. So last year, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders went 7-9. and nine. Uh, third in the AFC West. This is going to be John Groom's third year with the Las Vegas Raiders, Mr. Spider 2 Y Banana. I love John Groom as a coach. I would love to play for John Groom. And I think that's why so many guys, you know, gravitate to him and want to go play for him as well. The offensive coordinator is Greg Olson. This is his second sting. With John Gruden, he was also with John Gruden when they were the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, when they had that historic uh, Super Bowl victory over the formerly Oakland Raiders. Paul Gunther's second season, he was 13 years with the Cincinnati Bengals. And then Rich Basachi, second season, also came over from the John Gruden Tampa Bay Buccaneers coaching staff from a, a long time ago. Not a long time ago, but I think it was like 2004. So looking at some of the stats from offense last year, uh, averaged about 19.6 points a game, 24th best in the NFL. Yards, 363 yards of total offense, 11th best in the NFL. Passing yards, 245.4, which was 9th best in the NFL. And then uh, rushing yards, 118.3, which was 13th best in the NFL. Derek Carr had a bounce back season from last year, completing 70% of his passes, throwing for over 4,000 yards, eighth best in the NFL, 21 touchdowns, eight interceptions, 29 sacks last year. Rookie sensation, Josh Jacobs, former first round draft pick out of Alabama. You're going to hear a lot of uh, big college kids. Uh, 
He rushed for over 1,000 yards in his rookie season. He was eighth best in the NFL, averaging 4.8 yards to carry. Yes, even Josh Jacobs, a rookie, rushed for over 1,000 yards, uh, seven touchdowns in 13 games. So um, a lot of people are looking at him having another great season with the Las Vegas Raiders, especially in fantasy. The question is, is if he can sustain the the punishment that a running back will endure. You know, obviously, when he was in Alabama, he didn't have to carry the load as much. So as far as the receiving targets, you know, I, I think we'll kind of talk a little bit about uh, a former Las Vegas Raider here in a little bit. Uh, Darren Waller was their leading receiver last year. Um, had a breakout year. This was a great story to hear about. This is a guy who battled through addiction uh, to live his dream and be a superstar in the making. 117 targets, 90 receptions, 1,100 yards, 15th best in the NFL, only three touchdowns. You'd like to see that number just go up a little bit. But, um, you know, it was, it was funny because last year everybody talked about him breaking out, breaking out, breaking out, and he still was not getting drafted very high in a lot of fantasy football leagues. And it just paid dividends for the people who did draft him. Tyrell Williams was the uh, second leading receiver, 42 receptions, 651 yards, six touchdowns. Uh, Hunter Renfro, a former Clemson player uh, from the uh, Super Bowl winning, uh, Super Bowl winning and national championship team, had over 600 yards receiving, four touchdowns. And then uh, we have a couple of backs who had some really nice numbers here. Uh, this offensive line was really good last year. They only gave up 22 sacks, which was eighth fewest in the NFL. Looking at this defense, they allowed 26.2 points a game, 24th best. They allowed 354 yards, 19th best. Passing yards, 256, 25th best in the NFL. And then um, that Run defense was pretty stout at 98.1 yards per game, which was eighth best in the NFL. Only 32 sacks uh, tied for 24th in the NFL. Max Crosby, a former, I think, third-round pick out of Eastern Michigan, had 10 sacks for the last year. Only nine interceptions, uh, 29th best in the NFL. Um, Eric Harris had three, and I think actually two of them came on like Monday night. So uh, Jonathan Abrams, the former first round pick out of Mississippi State, uh, really good player, only played one game last year due to injury. So um, he's one of those guys that I see as a, a key addition uh, to a young defense that is going to get better without a doubt. Um, so like key additions, man, there's so many guys that they brought in uh, through free agency. So I guess starting it off really with the offense They've added Marcus Mariota as a backup, Deshaun Kaiser, Rod Smith, a running back, Nelson Aguilar, wide receiver. They also added um, great Hall of Fame tight end Jason Witten, Eric Cush, offensive lineman, Carl Nasbitt, defensive end, Malik Collins, also a former Cowboy defensive tackle. That's already, what, three? That's three former Cowboys? What? Daniel Ross, former Cowboy? Kyle Lieber, former Cowboy? What is going on? Mike... Sonatsky, a linebacker from Chicago. Corey Littleton is probably the biggest signing for them. He comes over from the uh, Los Angeles Rams, a uh, really good young linebacker. Jeff Heath, former Cowboy. What is going on here? And then also they added Darius Randall as safety. 
Uh, some losses for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, Mike Lennon, DeAndre Washington, Tahir Whitehead, Lamar Houston, who retired, and then Carl Joseph, the safety. So with the uh, draft, really interesting draft here for the Las Vegas Raiders, okay? So they picked 12th overall, and at 12, they had their pick of the litter as when it came to wide receivers. And they were going to get a wide receiver due to the vacancy of Antonio Brown. Yes, I said his name on this podcast, and he will be mentioned quite a bit. So out of all the wide receivers they could have gotten, you know, and like I said, I, I truly believe that all three of these guys are special in their own way. Henry Ruggs III, CeeDee Lamb, and Jerry Judy. They could have gotten the polished, big, physical, wide receiver, fast, and Jerry Judy. They could have gotten the explosive CeeDee Lamb. But they decided to go with the speedster, Henry Ruggs III, a teammate of at Alabama, formerly of Josh Jacobs, but more importantly of his teammate, Jerry Judy. So this is going to be so fun for them to kind of play each other now. You know, uh, you might as well call the Las Vegas Raiders the Alabama Tigers because of how many Alabama and uh, uh, Clemson players they have on this team. Uh, so just really an interesting dynamic. I love Henry Ruggs III. I think they think he could be the Tyree. They're, they're trying to get their Tyree kill, essentially. You know, so to go with Tyrell Williams, Hunter Renfro, uh, you know, I think Henry Ruggs right now, you know, and then, you know, a really interesting story that I've had that I actually wrote an article about was um, this happened a couple of years ago in a draft very similar. They were looking at two wide receivers. They ended in uh, 2008. They drafted a guy by the name of Darius Haywood Bay who went on to have a great career playing special teams, extremely speed, a a speedster type of player out of Maryland, or they could have gotten Michael Crabtree from Texas Tech. But they decided to go with the speedster, kind of just like what they did right now. So there's a little bit of a correlation. I'm not saying Henry Ruggs is going to be Darius Haywood Bay. Okay. They are similar. Yes. Henry Ruggs is definitely a lot faster without a doubt, maybe a little bit more explosive. But I think he's going to have to play special teams. I think he's going to have to play those end arounds a lot, you know, for him to kind of get the ball in his hands. Uh, I think it's going to be kind of hard to get him into the mix as far as the offense, you know, because if he's not on the field every play, when he comes onto the field, people are going to know, okay, hey, they're trying, I think they're trying to use him as a decoy or they're going to try to get him the ball. So that's why with Jerry Judy, I feel like he's a guy that you can leave on the field and, you know, for the Las Vegas Raiders, they're in Vegas now. It's all about the excitement. It's all about creating that, that energy, fast, fun, you know. And you wanna, you, they're trying to bring people to these games. Who, you know, obviously, I'm sure Vegas is happy to have the Raiders. But, you know, are these people, after nights of partying, are they going to want to wake up and go to a game at 12 o'clock in the heat in Vegas? I, you know, I don't know. So I think they're trying to find a way to attract people here. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. I think Henry Ruggs might be at least uh, a year or two away from actually being a formidable weapon in this offense. So they also had another first-round draft pick, 19th overall from the Chicago Bears because of that Khalil Mack trade, which I think they still have another first round coming next year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, well, anyways, so they drafted a corner, Damon Arnett, out of Ohio State. 
This is the guy who played opposite Jeff Okuda. He got tested maybe a little bit more. Um, very talented player, but there was a story about him that um, he had quit football. Um, there was also a lot of, a lot of other uh, things going on, but after he stopped playing football, he realized that he wanted to come back and play football, which is usually what happens with some of these young kids. So uh, that's just a little bit of a question mark for me. You know, is uh, I think he's focused. He's locked in. I think, you know, they're going to get the best out of him. And they, they really need it in the cornerback uh, department. They've had so many guys just kind of come in and not plan out the way they really want to, like Carl Joseph, Garen Conley. Uh, former Ohio State corner too, which is kind of funny. You make those little types of references. Um, I think he will be better. Um, this is the guy, like I said, who got tested more because he, he was opposite of Jeff Bakuda. So very talented player. Um, so we'll see how he comes in after, you know, I think he missed like most of the season last year too. So it's kind of, you know, just – I think this is a guy they could have probably gotten maybe later on in the draft, maybe. But, you know, anyways. Uh, so they didn't – the Vegas Raiders didn't pick again until the third round. They had three picks in the third round. They go with Lynn Bowden Jr., a quarterback, running back, wide receiver at Kentucky. He literally did it all. I was watching him, uh, his, some of his highlight reels. This guy can just – ball he just can play any position on the field um really also like one of those I guess he's gonna be like a utility player for them maybe to take off a little bit of load off of maybe a Henry Ruggs or Josh Jacobs um so it's gonna be interesting to see how they want to use him they also drafted another wide receiver this is a big body wide receiver Brian Edwards wide receiver out of South Carolina he's actually gotten the comparison to Alshon Jeffrey which is kind of crazy I don't think he's as good as Alshon but I think he could be a nice little target um, as well. So it's just about adding youth to that group, adding some talented players, something they have lacked in the Las Vegas wide receiver room. And then they go back in the third round. They pick Tanner Muse, a linebacker out of Clemson. Interesting pick. Uh, I don't know exactly where he's going to play, but I think he's a guy who has already told the coach he wants to come out and just play special teams. So I think that's a good start for him. Uh, and then in the fourth round, they got John Simpson, a guard out of, oh, hey, Clemson. Another Clemson guy from, uh, you know, Hunter Renfro as well. Uh, fourth round pick in Eric Robertson, a cornerback out of Louisiana Tech. Um, also his, another defensive back, Legereus Snee, went to the Kansas City Chiefs in the uh, fifth round. So it's kind of cool to see that, you know, once again, those teammates, you know, that were once on the same team, playing against each other. So, and then that was it. Crazy. They had seven picks total, three in the third, two in the fourth, and then nothing in the fifth, sixth, or seventh round. A lot of skilled players for them, and I think that's what they needed. Uh, looking at this offense, uh, Derek Carr um, looks to take that next step and kind of, I think this is probably the the team that has the best chance of, you know, competing with the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I, you know, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are just head and shoulders above everybody, but I think it's going to be the Raiders and the Broncos. It's going to be interesting to see those two teams and how they're going to fare against each other. Uh, but Derek Carr, you know, he had that MVP season a couple of years ago, had that horrible knee injury, uh, but has really bounced back nicely in this offense with John Gruden. 
Uh, once again, looking at this running back group, Josh Jacobs, Jalen Richard, Lynn Bowden Jr., a lot of versatility with those guys. My, my thing is just Josh Jacobs is, is, is he's going to be able to take on the load again in year two. Uh, played only 13 games last year, missed a couple. So um, we'll see how uh, his offseason training has been going. Uh, the wide receiver group, still a lot of question marks. Tyrell Williams, you know, you, you kind of know what you get with him. Um, Henry Ruggs is third, and then Hunter Renfro, who was uh, really good last year. You know, just he's just a guy who who's going to be that safety blanket. He's got to be that Cole Beasley type of player. And then, obviously, with the addition of Henry Ruggs third and Brian Edwards, it's going to be interesting to see how this wide receiving group kind of comes along. But like I said, it's just about adding talent to that group there. So hopefully somebody steps up this year. Darren Waller, I think he's going to get benefit so much from being with Jason Witten. Um, you know, they're going to be able to go down to some of these two tight end sets, a little bit of play action, spider two wide banana for sure. I can already hear John Green screaming it. A really good offensive line. Colton Miller, who had struggled his first year, really came on strong last year. Richie Incognito, who's been in and out of the league. Uh, Rodney Hudson, who's, I believe PFF ranked him the second best center in the NFL. Gabe Jackson, a really good guard. And then Trent Brown, to solidify that right side of the offensive line. Um, once again, this is going to be a, a power power running game um, mixed in with some play action, hopefully take some shots deep down the field. Um, looking at this defense, um, really young. Uh, Cleveland Farrell, a, a fourth overall pick last year. It's funny because the Las Vegas Raiders could have gotten Josh Allen of the Jacksonville Jaguars, not the Buffalo Bills, obviously. But they decided to go with Cleveland Farrell from Clemson to be that edge rusher. Um, had a solid rookie season. I believe he ended up with uh, four sacks, if I'm not mistaken. So he looks to definitely up that number. This is a revamped defensive line. Uh, I think they have two really good rushers with Max Crosby. He looks to take another step here as well. They've added some depth. Um, all of you see with Arden Keys, Carl Nasbid. And then in that interior, Jonathan Hankins paired up with Malik Collins. I think Malik Collins is super underrated. Uh, so I think he's going to be a really good player. Maurice Hurst as well, Daniel Ross, uh, to kind of solidify that D-line there. Um, redid the linebacking core. That's really where they struggled last year. They had so many guys injured in and out of the rotation. Um, and they kind of got beat up in the secondary without a doubt. Um, Corey Littleton is going to be that that staple to that offense. He's going to make sure that everybody's in the right spot and he's going to be that leader of that defense with Nick Kalaski and Nicholas Morrow, which you know, I really don't know who those two guys are, but you know, we'll, we're going to find out. Um, I think what they're going to try to do is probably maybe eliminate some of these linebackers and add some of these. Cause I look at the secondary and I just see so much talent all over the place. So uh, Trayvon Mullen, uh, former Clemson player, uh, playing corner with, and then they've added Prince of Mukamara just uh, a couple days ago, actually. Um, he's going to be the pros pros. He's going to show these young guys how to get it done. Uh, Damian Arnett, their first round pick should get some playing time. He might actually have to sit a little bit, but that's good. Cause he'll learn. LaMarcus Joyner is going to be that slot corner guy. Emmerich Robertson, Devin Lawson, Ken Crawley. Uh, Devin Lawson and Ken Crawley also got a lot of playing time last year. So these guys are, uh, well-versed and very strong cornerback group, a lot of versatility. And I've liked how they added Prince of Mucamera to add that veteran 
in that group. And even with even Jeff Heath, the addition of Jeff Heath, he's just a, a pro's pro. Jeff Heath has really come a long way when I first saw him as a rookie in the first couple of years. He was just a guy who was getting beat up and he was just a, uh, you know, didn't look like he was NFL material, but he really, you know, uh, showed us uh, what type of player he was and being in the right place at the right time and um, just always being prepared. And, and when his moment came, he showed everybody what he's made up. Uh, Jonathan Abram, they get back at that safety position. And then Darius Randall, also another safety they've added. And then to go along with Jeff Heath, Eric Harris, who played really good last year, had his moments, obviously. And then uh, Tanner Muse, who was a linebacker. He's going to be playing special teams, probably at safety. Uh, just a lot of versatility in this defensive back group. So I'd like to see what Paul Gunther is going to do. I know they're going to want to try to get some pressure if they can't get it with those uh, initial pass rushers in the front. And, um, you know, as far as obviously that Antonio Brown thing did not work out. So as far as, you know, what this team is going to do, I, I think I want to say that the Denver Broncos are going to be right there, but I still think they have a little bit of youth. And I believe in Derek Carr. He was really good last year, even with not a lot, with no A.B., just these middle of the guys type of players. So now they've added some weapons. Hopefully that can help him, even with Jason Witten, a really good offensive line. Uh, this defense might be the question mark, but they've, like I said, they've added depth. They have depth at D-line. They have depth at secondary. So um, I really like it. This is a, a team that I think they're going to have to try to get into the playoffs. It's going to be gritty for them, but I think that's the way John Gruden wants it. So, um, that's really all I have for the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm going to be take them second in this division, uh, just a hair smidge over the Denver Broncos. Um, but like I said, guys, I'm going to go ahead and pause it, and, and we're going to finish up this last team here in a sec. All righty, guys. So the last team we're doing in the AFC West is probably one of my favorites right now um, going into this season. Uh, we're looking at the uh, Denver Broncos. Um, what they did last year is 7-9, second in the AFC West. Uh, Vic Banjo comes into his second year as a head coach, a defensive-minded coach. Pat Shermer coming into his first year. Um, Ed Dontrell's second year, he's a former defensive back coach of the Chicago Bears. And um, obviously the front office staff with uh, John Elway has done a great job kind of building this team with uh, really transcendent talents. Um, what they did on offense last year, um, not great numbers, but, you know, 17 points per game, 28th best in the league, uh, just a hair under 300 yards of total offense, 28th best passing yards, 194, 28th best rushing yards, 103, which was 20th in the NFL started the year with Joe Flacco. And then he had that neck injury. Uh, so Drew Locke actually finished the last five games of the season. Um, he ended up going uh, four and one in that stretch. So um, obviously with a young quarterback winning games, uh, there's a lot of excitement here in Denver. Uh, the running game was led by Philip Lindsay last year, rushed for over a thousand yards. Yes. Even Philip Lindsay, a undrafted rookie free agent rushed for over a thousand yards, 15th most in the NFL, seven touchdowns on the ground for him. Royce Freeman, a third round pick from a year ago, 
just a hair under 500 yards rushing, three touchdowns for him. Cortland Sutton uh, really came into his own last year when they traded away Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, total of 124 targets, 72 receptions, 1,100 yards, 19th most in the NFL with six touchdowns. Uh, Noah Fan was the second leading receiver on this team, 40 receptions, 562 yards, three touchdowns. I think this is a guy who's going to take a uh, next step, an, a, a big step into that that category of tight ends. That he's he's right there. I think he's going to be in the top top ten as far as fantasy. Uh, might even be a little bit closer to like maybe top top six, top seven, maybe we'll see. Uh, but yeah, uh, as far as what they did on defense, a uh, really good defense last year. Uh, allowed 19.8 points a game, which was 10th best in the NFL. 337 yards total offense, eighth best in the NFL, 225 yards, ninth best in the NFL, rush yards, average 100, allowed 111 yards, which was 16th best in the NFL, 40 sacks for them last year, 17th best in the NFL, Bob Miller had eight, Derek Wolf had seven, Shelby Harris had six, they had 10 interceptions, 25th most in the NFL, not a great number, but Justin Simmons led that with four. Bradley Chubb only played four games last year due to an ACL injury. Um, so I think he's going to be one of those big key additions, you know, to get a player like him back, um, just like Jonathan Abram of the Las Vegas Raiders. I think he's going to make a huge impact on this defense who uh, put up some pretty good numbers, you know. Some key additions. Um, I'll start off with the defense, um, obviously getting Bradley Chubb back. Jarrell Casey, uh, this is a guy they actually traded for formerly the Tennessee Titans, and um, he's been so good for so many years, and he comes in, and uh, I think he's going to make a really big difference on that defense. And then they also traded for A.J. Boye uh, from the Jacksonville Jaguars. On offense, they added Melvin Gordon. So like I said before, you know, he goes from the Los Angeles Chargers to the Denver Broncos, and they kind of swap, you know, Chris Harris from the Denver Broncos to the Los Angeles Chargers. They've also added Graham Gaslow, a guard from the Detroit Lions. Sam Martin, a punter from the Detroit Lions. Jeff Triscoll, a quarterback from the Detroit Lions. So uh, some key losses on defense really is Chris Harris, the cornerback. Derek Wolf, their defensive end. Will Parks. And then I'm also putting down their uh, defensive backs coach. Um, he actually has now gone to the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, which is why Chris Harris followed him. They've also traded away any Jovanovich, a fullback to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, what the Denver Broncos did in this year's draft, I think they absolutely nailed it. Uh, kudos to John Elway, who hasn't been known as the uh, draft guru, but this year they absolutely nailed it. So in the first round, they picked 15th. I think they got the best wide receiver in this draft in Jerry Judy, wide receiver out of Alabama, who I've talked about, like I said, with the Las Vegas Raiders, two teammates fighting to be the first wide receiver drafted on the same team. And now they're in the same division. So it's going to be, it's going to be a, a, a bittersweet taste possibly, I think for the Las Vegas, when they see Jerry Judy uh, in the next couple of years, having to play him. KJ Hamler and wide receiver, out of Penn State, he's a speed wide receiver. Um, he's going to be kind of like that Tyreek-esque player, maybe a Henry Ruggs type player. Uh, what's really interesting about KJ Hamler and that Penn State team, I got to see them play a lot. I've uh, watched a lot of their games, and 
Um, it was KJ Hamler, Chris Godwin, Michael Letsky, Trace McSorley, and Saquon all on the same team at one time. So interesting Penn State uh, uh, group. And even Allen Robinson, former Penn State wide receiver. So Penn State wide receiver you? Just kidding. It's got to be Alabama. Uh, you know, kind of just like talking about, you know, Jerry Judy. Uh, you know, we talk about Amari Cooper, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, guys like those. Um, you know, just how special that position is from a certain university. Uh, really cool to mention that. Um, and then they had three picks in the third round. So Michael Ojemita, a cornerback out of Iowa. They also selected Lloyd Cushenberry, a center out of LSU, who this guy was actually, you know, some people projected to be a first or second round pick to get him in the third round. That's an absolute steal. He's going to be a plug and play type of player. And then in the third round, McTelvin Algen, defensive tackle out of Arkansas. In the fourth round, this is a really interesting pick. Albert Ojubonga, tight end out of Missouri. And Missouri is also known for tight end U. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. It's actually going to be Iowa, really. But what's really interesting about Albert O was um, he ran the fastest time for a tight end. And to pair him up with Noah Fant, another really fast, big tight end. This is going to be a really cool combination uh, tight ends, you know, I, I love the dual tight ends. You know, I'm a, I was a big fan of the uh, Ron Gronkowski and, and the late Aaron Hernandez duo in uh, New England. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they use these guys. I'll talk about it here in a little bit in a second. In the fifth round, Justin Stern, outside linebacker out of Wake Forest. In the sixth round, Neta Matui, guard out of Fresno State. And then two seventh round picks in Tyree Cleveland. Wide receiver out of Florida and a defensive end in Derek Tosuna, North Dakota State. So 10 picks total. Um, absolutely love the draft. You know, it helps that you have so many picks too. You know, it just makes the, the draft that much better. But I think they got a lot of quality players, uh, a really good weapons for Drew Locke and KJ Hamler, Jerry Judy, and Corlin Sutton. And they're all going to be able just to kind of grow up together, which is going to be really cool, really fun to watch. A corner in the third round to build to that secondary, some depth. Lloyd Cushenberry, like I said, a plug-and-play player. Albert O, the fastest tight end. And then also just adding some depth on the offensive and defensive line. You can never have enough of that in the NFL. Um, looking at this offense, it's going to be all on Drew Locke. You know, I still think he might be a year or two away. But also at the same time, you got to look at guys like, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson after that their first season. And then the explosion that happened. And I think if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be this kid right here. You know, but I, I still think, you know, he's got to build some chemistry with the weapons that he has right now. So I don't know if he necessarily has that per se with some of these newer, younger guys. So um, I still kind of want to wait and see on that. Am I possibly drafting Drew Locke in fantasy? Uh, definitely. But this is going to be a team that they're going to want to run the ball, which is why they brought Melvin Gordon. I love Melvin Gordon. He's going to be the pro's pro. Uh, he's going to show these younger guys how to get it done. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they use Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. Uh, that duo, I know Philip Lindsay is like, hey, you know what? This is my spot. Uh, you're going to have to beat me for it. And I think Melvin Gordon will beat him. Uh, Melvin Gordon can still run the ball. He can still catch the ball really well. And He's going to be able to come in and be able to pass protect, maybe probably a little bit better than Philip Lindsay. But I expect Philip Lindsay to be in that in that um, 
third down, change of pace type of running back. You know, maybe they might rotate him or something like that. Corlin Sutton, breakout year last year. Even uh, Deshaun Hamilton and Tim Patrick, two guys that um, had really good seasons last year, but now they added Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. Like I said, it's going to be so fun to watch. Noah Fant, Albert O. I'm literally, you know, it's going to be so fun to watch these guys. And I don't know if Albert O will play right away, but uh, maybe uh, in a couple of years, some two tight end sets. I know that's what they want to do with some play action. And uh, yeah, just amazing. The offensive line has not played as well as they should. But I think, you know, with Lloyd Cushenberry anchoring that center, uh, Dalton Reisner, a second-round pick from K-State, he's big, mean, and nasty. Uh, I think to go along with Grant Gaslow, Jawan James, and Garrett Bowles, I think they'll have a better year this year, um, along with the depth that they added in the draft. This defense, uh, really good last year, and I think they just got better. You know, adding Jarrell Casey just adds a veteran presence, and he takes Derek Wolf's spot, and I think that's an upgrade for them. They still have, you know, guys like Demarcus Walker, you know, Shelby Harris, uh, guys who can still get after the quarterback, uh, Mark Purcell as well. And they've added, like I said, some depth to that D-line. So really like what they did there, trading for him. Uh, looking at this linebacking core, the Von Miller, uh, Bradley Chubb, they, they deserve to be there right there with Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, Nick Bosa, and um, uh, uh, D Ford. And even up there uh, um, in Pittsburgh with uh, T.J. Watt and, and Bud Dupree, um, they might be the, the the best duo in the NFL, Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. So getting Bradley Chubb is going to be huge. Um, it allowed them to have some depth behind them as well. Um, interesting linebacker duo, Alexander Johnson. He's the he's the guy known for the dinosaur celebration. And then Todd Davis. You know, these, these Denver Broncos, man, they just find guys that play linebacker very well in the middle. Like, I don't know what it is, but um, they have good depth at that at that position. So I'm not really worried about, you know, the front seven. I'm looking at this back end. Uh, this might be really interesting to see how this kind of plays out. Just the cornerback position, uh, Bryce Callahan is a guy that they brought in a year ago, had some injury issues. Um, they also brought in A.J. Boye. And then they drafted Michael Ajimida. So it's going to be interesting to see how that corner position plays out. I don't know if they necessarily have the guys they want there. You know, they're replacing, you know, Chris Harris, who was a really good corner for a really long time. They also lost Bradley Roby a year ago. So I'm still – this. that's probably the biggest question I have for them, especially the division that they're playing with. There's so much wide receiver talent. You know, Tyreek Hill – Henry Ruggs, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, um, all those type of guys. And you really need to have depth at that position and guys who can cover. Uh, what's good is they had uh, a solid, a really good safety in Justin Simmons, who just signed his franchise tag. I do believe he will get paid. Um, maybe, uh, uh, not sure when, but here in the near future. And then they've also added uh, Kareem Jackson, or they've, They've had Kareem Jackson, and they upgraded that position. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they piece together the secondary. But overall, I think this is a really good group um, in this division. You know, so that's why I have I I have the, you know, Raiders just, just slightly a smidge over the Denver Broncos. But 
You know, the Denver Broncos, I feel like sky's the limits for them. I think I've, I've said this before about this division in the next two to three years. This is going to be such a fun, exciting, fast, young, good-looking division uh, for years to come. They all have really good young quarterbacks. Uh, even Derek Carr is still in his prime, Patrick Mahomes, you know, uh, Drew Locke, and then, of course, Justin Herbert. Um, so that's pretty much all I got for you guys. Without a doubt, Kansas City Chiefs are the favorite to win the division and to win the Super Bowl. Um, so that concludes the AFC, guys. So the next division we're going to be doing here is the NFC. So uh, what's really cool about this one is I was able to post AFC South yesterday. I got the uh, AFC West here today. I don't know if I'll have another one tomorrow. I uh, still have a lot of work to get done, but I'm just glad that I was able to kind of give you all some content here for the weekend and then going into August. Um, it's August 1st. It's a beautiful Saturday. Definitely wouldn't mind being outside. So uh, once again, guys, thank you all so much for listening to my podcast, um, watching me grow. And, and, you know, I appreciate all the input that I've gotten um, in recent weeks. Uh, just the support is absolutely phenomenal. It's it's great when you kind of put yourself out there and, and people re- recognize what you're doing, what you're trying to accomplish. And, um, of course, you know, be safe. We're still in the midst of the pandemic. Uh, sports are back. Basketball is killing it right now. LeBron James is absolutely killing it. Uh, the Rockets are playing so good right now. Baseball's back. Joe Kelly giving us some action in baseball. That's the type of stuff I want to see in baseball, man. Uh, but, of course, you know, continue to be safe. Always uh, treat people with respect. You just you just never know what somebody's going through in a day. And um, always, always go for two, guys.